is. Is that good? Yeah, that's nice. That's very <laughs> nice. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, hey, everyone. Hey, guys. Hey. Howdy, hey. Dennis. Why don't you give us an actual intro? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Welcome to the Micro Machines podcast, where we talk about history, skill models, and stupid humor. Uh, today, we are doing the A39 Heavy Assault Tank, also known as the Tortoise. And, Gallum, this is your slide. Go. Well, I think first we should do some introductions to the episode, shall we? Nah. Nah. All good. Nah. <laughs> I made a list nah, for nothing. They know so who we are. Callum? Oh, okay. So, this is the A39 Heavy Assault Tank, the Tortoise, as mentioned by Dennis. So, this is a behemoth of a tank destroyer assault gun made by the British around the end of the Second World War. So, this, the general specifications of this tank I have listed. It has a length of 5.2 columbi, also known as 10 metres or 32.8 feet, a width of 2 columbi, which is 3.9 metres or 12.8 feet, a height of 1.5 columbi, which is pretty tall, and that's 3 metres exact or 9.8 foot, and a weight of 79,000 um, kilograms or 174,165 pounds. I will not compare that to my actual weight because I will just know. <laughs> How many cheeseburgers does that weigh? <laughs> Too many. Uh, what's the uh, conversion from uh, kilograms to SWAT teams? <laughs> No, I'm not sure on that. Interestingly, though, um, researching this, it shows a weight of 79,000 uh, kilograms or 79 ton. That's a big metric. bitch. Thick. But it comes up with a tonnage of 87.1 tons. And hmm. the only thing I can think of for that is that's... So the 79 ton is unloaded, 87 is loaded, Um yeah, it was weird. It came up with this weird statistic. I was still researching into that one. Not not too sure. So, shall we go to the uh, first slide? Well, so the next slide. This is to show off the weight. In this video, you have the A39 being transported via trailer. However, it is so heavy, it requires two heavy hauling trucks to actually get the trailer to move. God damn Jesus. <laughs> what are those, five tons? God. Yeah, the, those are heavy hauling trucks. Now, the Tortoise was the second heaviest tank the British uh, prototypes built, whatever. The first being the TOG-2. So this, although this comes in as maybe two ton lighter than a TOG-2, so this is the second heaviest tank they ever built. <laughs> oh, oh goddamn it! Oh, that one was so good. <laughs> Is there a place to me you're not getting people just to text you at certain times? <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, next slide. <laughs> so we'll talk. We'll first talk about the armor of this tank because it is the main feature of the tortoise. 
So it has a front armor of 228 millimeters. Holy shit. Which is also sloped. <laughs> Ooh, Christ um, alive. Uh, Callum? Yo. Why? <laughs> it's got this, uh, this much Why? armor because initially they thought that the... So as the Second World War dragged on and Germany was on the defensive, the British thought they would turn back into World War One stalemate, um, fortification, defense, stuff like that. So they wanted an assault tank to try and breach through fortifications. Now, they did try it on the A33 Excelsior, the T14 um, heavy assault tank we talked about in the first episode, a. both of which failed. Hmm. So the whole idea of the tortoise was primarily to just sit in front of fortifications, hammer it with a big gun while taking a lot of damage. Um, cough, cough, Siegfried line. Ooh. Yeah, pretty much. So the front has got 228 millimeters of armor, which is sloped. The sides, the side and rear, still have 178 millimeters. And the thinnest part's been the, f the roof and the floor with only 33. But even then, it's still a ton of armor on this thing. Nothing was going to get through it. Nope. I mean, I bet a, uh, a Stuka with those uh, cannons slung under the wings could probably take it from the uh, top. After a uh, couple of yeah. flyovers, maybe. Yeah, I mean, that it's a pretty good time that Again, By the time that thing would have entered out. combat, I don't think there would have been too many of them left uh, to die. Oh, no. The Luftwaffe oh, basically no. didn't exist at that point. <laughs> especially the Stuka. <laughs> yeah, especially. Yeah, fun fact about the Stuka, it got to the point where, uh, for the British, if you shot down a Stuka, it didn't even count. Yeah, To get one Stuka kill, you had to down about five of them. Oh, just because it's so easy. Like it took uh, five Stukas for one Spitfire. Yeah. It's the Stuka conversion there. Yeah, so they didn't, like, if you shot down a Stuka, they're like, eh, nothing. It's not even a kill. <laughs> a little bit insulting, but... They're yeah. just being fair. Mm. Stuka pilots. But yeah, so the tortoise just had a shit ton of armor because it was just, it was designed to just sit in front of fortifications and just bounce everything and anything and just push through. You know, that is kind of weird because this has got to be one of the oh, first yeah. uh, tanks where it's been designed to survive actually being hit by armor piercing rounds. Like you think about, you know, say you think of the Sherman and the uh, Panzer, you know, four and all that. Like, if they were hit at, you know, range, you know, any reasonable range by an armor piercing round, the armor wasn't necessarily going to stop it. But this is the first thing I've seen, you know, of all the tanks we've done where it's like, it's basically just designed to be unkillable. <laughs> I swear I am not doing these on purpose. <laughs> oh my god. That was two perfect. for two. That's oh. our soundboard now. Yeah. <laughs> Just my Max. phone. <laughs> but yeah, so that was the specifics. So when you think about it, you got two hundred and twenty eight on the front. The gun mantlet has got even more. Um, I mean, you, you look at the size of the bolts on that thing, holding the mantlet together. Those are huge. Yeah, yeah, nice. for that. So 
so it's yeah. interesting i just looked it up this thing has like nearly twice the frontal armor of a uh, tiger 2 good yeah good Holy not twice you know yeah I mean, like you the armor and the gun is bigger yeah we'll bring that up Take later that. yep <laughs> so yeah so that's the armor uh next slide so to get 87 tons to actually move the tortoise used the Rolls-Royce Meteor, which is basically the uh, Merlin converted towards to a tank uh, engine. Hmm. Um, so That's this was nice. used. This was used in the later parts of the war. Um, stuff like the Churchill didn't have this or any of those. It was actually tested. The Rolls-Royce Meteor was first tested in Crusaders uh, back in England, and eventually it was. It was also installed, as well as on the Tortoise, it was on the Cromwell, Challenger, Avenger, Comet, Centurion, Charioteer, Carnarvon, and the Conqueror. So, clearly it's a pretty good engine. So, Absolutely. the Rolls-Royce Meteor was a V12 configuration, had a displacement of 28.022 litres, its fuel was petrol, and uh, side note, the tortoise had a fuel tank of 530 litres. Its cooling system, it used water, not oil. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Seems a bit counterintuitive, you know, a petrol engine, late war, but I guess if you got that much armour, it doesn't really matter, does it? True. Well, I have a nah. question. Go for what it. What car, what kind of a car would we compare the A39 to? It would probably be a Land Rover of some type. I'm, I forget what. What's the? Uh, hold on. No, 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 not a Land Rover. Like no, a like a Dodge Dually. Oh yeah, it was something too quick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's but gotta like, be like incredibly British. Right, uh, mm. like a British truck. Land Rover, <laughs> non-existent. Yeah, Land Rover. Yeah, Land Rover. Oh, yeah, 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 Land Rover, Rover defends it pretty well. The Land Rover Defender, the 2021 Land Rover Defender, with a brand yeah. new Rolls Royce Meteor engine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, another side note: Jay Leno has a car that's got a um, Rolls Royce Merlin engine hmm. in it. the the uh, The front of it is extremely long to fit it, but yeah, he's got, he's got a car that's powered by a Merlin. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> my, my thing is just like. This is the same engine that can get the Cromwell moving. You think about this tank just compared to the Cromwell. The fact this engine can move the tortoise at all is just incredible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was it's thinking funny they would have to, I was thinking yep, they'd have to shove like two of these in there or something. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's funny because the power outage, uh, the power output of the Meteor was around 550 to 650 brake horsepower. That, it doesn't actually seem like much to get that thing moving. And no. it operated at 2,400 RPM. Huh. So, but, even at around 600 horsepower, on on a good road, it could achieve 19 kilometers per hour or 11.8 miles per hour on a road. But when it started getting off-road, that kind of dropped to around 8 kilometers. Mm. Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's um Yeah, it's a big boy. Although, um looking up their suspension and tracks, the 
ground pressure of the tracks was only 12 psi. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, it, was, it seems incredibly low. Surprising. Why? Yeah. Button. Why? Uh, I think just because of the width of the tracks as well. The, the tracks are in, are extremely wide. Oh, they're, I yeah. think they're they're wider than a Tiger Twos. Hmm. Yeah. So there were with the fuel capacity and whatnot. The range of the A thirty nine was about one hundred and forty kilometers, or eighty seven miles, which uh, I don't think is bad, is it? Sure ain't a price. For that thing, no. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for transmission, it had a front front sprocket with a Merit six-speed controlled differential. Was so, it a uh, manual or an automatic? I think it's a manual. I'm not sure. Oh, okay, okay. But yeah, it's, it, it seems weird. Um, Meteor, you have it in the Cromwell and Comet. And they, those tanks could go you know they, they were fast and the centurion but yeah it also begs the uh, question why they didn't put a rolls royce meteor in the uh, churchill yeah did they ever try that out oh, um probably. well there was i did read something about the churchill um one of the reasons it drove so slowly because you know how you got the tracks that go all the way around and it, the, it runs on slides across the top of the hull yeah it was so loud. If they drove at the top at the um, higher speeds, it would deafen to, deafen the passengers inside to the point where their ears would be ringing for two days. Oh, jeez. Jesus. Yeah. So they basically the Ajax IFE. Yeah. So ba basically, they drove slowly just so the crew could survive the trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It uh, it says there were plans to put the media in the Churchill, but they never were produced. Yeah, I'm reading this too. Mm. See, I would have loved to see a Churchill going, what, 50k an hour. <laughs> can, you Jeez, can you imagine that? <laughs> it would be an interesting sight. Okay, so that's the uh, the power plant. Here we come to the fun bit, the yeah. artifact. Uh -huh. So we'll... So we'll go a bit more in de into the depth of the QF32. But basically, so the tortoise was armed with the quick-firing 32-pounder. Um, this was derived from the 3.7-inch uh, anti-aircraft cannon. What? <laughs> they they dumbed a Flak 88. Yep. Yeah. Yep, they, uh, they copied the Germans on this one. Like Fuck you, your six line, dude. Ton of armor. Yep. So, 32 pounder. The caliber for that is 94 millimeters or 3.7 inches. Wow. So it's big. Wow. Um, Massive, even. One of the main differences between this and the anti-aircraft version was instead of using a full one shell, it used the uh, charge and propellant. Um, no. So the two piece. That this way, is you stage. It was a two-stage, so you could load as many propellant charges as you want. Imagine that's like five propellant charges. Mm. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't this one of the first tanks to have a uh, two-charge two, uh, shell? Um, not sure. Um, uh, I think the IS 
one had two two charges. Uh, oh, okay. There there were a variety of I think German tanks that did end up using um two two charge. Of course uh, they did. Actually, no, German. I like most of them were self propelled guns, I believe. Mm. Uh. Yeah. So it had a fourteen and a half kilo kilogram APCBC, which is an armor piercing capped ballistic capped round that was capable of destroying both concrete and armor as it fired at 2,088 feet per second. Dear um, God, yeah. One of these rounds could punch through the front of a panther at about 1,000 meters. Nice. And I got a few stats on that in the next slide. But So the firing arc, because, you know, this is a, a casemate tank destroyer, has no turret, so the gun, gun traverse and elevation is pretty limited. Although not as limited as you think. Um, it's got a firing arc of 40 degrees, both left and right, and an elevation and depression of plus 20 degrees for elevation and minus 10 degrees for depression. So this, this thing could go hull down, and you wouldn't be able to dig it out. Now, for yeah. self-defense, it also had three Beza machine guns. Uh, these are the 7.92 British machine guns. So they had one in a ball mounting in the front, on the uh, front angle slope, armor slope. What the fuck am I saying? On the front armor slope, you had a uh, Beza in a ball mounting. And then it also had a twin mounting and a rotating turret on the roof. That is gangster as hell. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool as shit. This thing is rolling out, ready to fucking clap some cheeks. <laughs> mm. I've seen a video of the, uh, of the turret on the very top moving. That thing moves fast. Oh, is it electrical? I don't think it is. Wow. That's just a good gear ratio, then. Hmm. But yeah, so we might might as well talk a bit more about the uh, 32-pounder. So, as I said, the 32-pounder was mounted on the A39. It was derived from the quick-firing 3.7-inch anti-aircraft cannon, which you can see there. This cannon was also tested on a number number of other um, vehicles, namely bottom left. Can anyone guess what that is? The Ram. A. Yes. It is a Ram with the 94mm Q32 pounder on it. Yeah, the tanks, the best tanks ever, strongest tanks ever produced. And this tank is also a premium in War Thunder as well. Oh, so, it's, also it's also a premium in World of Tanks. Hmm. So it was comparable with both Germany's 88 flak, 88 millimeter um, flak 18, and the American M1-2-3, depending on which one it is, 90 millimeter. Of course, this one being bigger. Mm -hmm. So when they were originally adopting it, it was adapted with a 30 pounder shot. So the way that the British had their calibers of, you could have a caliber of 94 millimeter, and then the pounder was the weight of the actual um, shell. So originally tried it with a, what they called the 30-pounder. Then they changed it to a 37-pounder. Um, could A 37-pounder could punch through quite a bit, but it was a bit... Yeah, they didn't really like it too much. They dropped it back to a 32-pounder, which they actually preferred. Hmm. And it was the one that they went with. So... 
There's also, I've also got a table here of the various um, ammo types that it could fire. So you had the high explosive Mark 1 to the Mark 3. So these weighed 28 pounds, had a TNT filling, and it shows the fuse types and the uh, identification of the um, HE rounds, which was the body of it was buff. There was a green band around the body stamped TNT, just to let you know that it's filled with high explosive. Had a red band or ring of red crosses around the nose denoting um, to note filled and suitable for all climates. Yeah, it was just the markings on the shell. Hmm. For armor piercing, you had the APC, BC, Mark 1, 2, and 3. These were all, um, you'll see there's a T at the end of them. Any shell with a T at the end denotes tracer round. So these were all 32 pound, and they were the mainstay of the 32 pounder. Very so nice. I've got some stats here of an, someone had an observation of the 32-pounder being used against a Panther um, target. So this was done at 1,350 1, yards against the front of, a front of a Panther. And the results of five shots, shot one, plugged the armor. Shot two, shot away the low, lower section of the gun mantlet with the deflective shot lifting the driver's plate three to four inches and the shot ending up in the turret floor. So oh, basically it, it lifted lifted the turret to get through. You <laughs> um, said out of my way. Yep, pretty much. Shot three coincided with a previous round, so they managed to Robin Hood that one. And shots four and five caused considerable fragmentation inside the turret. Um, yeah. It was also observed that the observation of shot was said to be better than that of the Centurion and the performance of 32-pounder APCBC Say that five times real fast was considered better than the 20-pounder APDS hmm. So And yet they still went with the with the 20-pounder okay, So so yeah, that was the. So uh, this is what the uh, the Stug wanted to be. Pretty much, pretty much. So, along with the Tortoise not being in production, the thirty-two pounder ended up not going into production as well. The uh, Tortoise was the only was the only tank armed with a thirty-two pounder. Everything else um, ended up with the twenty pounder, and eventually the one hundred five and stuff like that. Because um, initially the 32-pounder was being um, was being researched because they wanted a replacement for the 17-pounder. So they uh, they went from the 17-pounder to the 32, but yeah, as I said, they went they eventually settled on the 20-pounder replacement. I believe the uh, yeah, I believe the 20-pounder is a caliber 84 millimeters, uh, 84 millimeter. Hmm. Uh, whereas the 17 pounder is 76.2 millimeters. So they wanted an upgrade, basically. Uh, yeah. Any questions? Uh, I don't have any. No, sir. No. Okay, then. No. Remember, guys, there'll be a quiz on this after. 
Yep. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, so next slide. So let's talk about the suspension. Yes. Uh, it was a very oh, complex God. suspension. Let me I guess. Sorry? Sorry? I see all these diagrams. I'm not looking anymore. Screw that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the suspension, the suspension had um, so it's composed of four bogies on each side, and each bogey had a had two pairs of road wheels. With so each pair of road wheels was linked with a transverse torsion bar. Now the way that this was all set up, even individual road wheels had their own sort of suspension movement. They could all move independently of each other within the bogey, and then, of course, the bogey would move as well. Hmm. Um, so it was reported that the tortoise had an incredibly smooth ride. It was actually quite pleasant. Um, that is good. Well, yeah. It was, you know, it was, you've got a lot of suspension there for a heavy tank. It's quite good. Well, imagine just, like, chilling on the back of this thing. Hmm. Huh. However, if you were maintenance, you would have hated this. Oh, I bet. Um, it was so complex and had so many moving parts and all that. Each um, it had over two hundred grease points. Oh Ooh. my god! <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, fuck oh, no! Fuck no! 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 no. <laughs> yeah, almost sounds so German. Yeah, 200 grease points, and you got to make sure you get all of them. Fuck that shit. <laughs> all right, Private. It's I know a good day to be a crewman. Yep. Yeah, that, that's the the lowest lowest on the ladder that gets that job. Just the points gunner. the gun at the loader. I'm going to go then grab the bucket points of grease. Points the grease gun at the loader. <laughs> um, get out. <laughs> 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 Um, so the, as I said before, the drive sprocket was at the front and the rear wheel was the, was a set of paired idler wheels. And all of this was, um, yeah, it all gave for a very smooth ride. It's just maintenance would have been a bitch. Um, yeah. So active service, not a lot. Actually, none at all. The tortoise didn't actually make it to the Second World War. Um, well, obviously, to me, it hasn't made a kid of it. No, which they should. But, so, as I said, the A-33 and the T-14, the British were looking into as uh, heavy assault tanks. None of them worked out at all. Um, Nuffield Mechanism and Aero Limited submitted 18 separate designs to the British War, to the War Office. And the only one that was being, that was approved was labelled AT-16, which is what we now know as the A-39. Hmm. When the War Office saw this one, they approved it and immediately ordered 25 without prototypes. Um, it was set for a deadline of September 1945, but we all know that didn't happen. Uh, war had yeah. ended by then. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Suck it, Werboos. <laughs> <laughs> Foreshadowing. Mm. So, 
by the end of the Second World War, only six prototypes, well, six tortoises had been built, and they weren't actually delivered until 1946. So even if so, they wouldn't have met the deadline anyway. Um, a few of, a few of those were sent to Germany for testing after the war with the uh, the British Army of the Rhine. So that was the uh, occupation forces. During these trials, it shows it showed that it had a really good reliability rate. Um, however, and it was a very very stable gunnery platform, hence from the uh, suspension systems and all that. So, however, logistically, it was a nightmare. Um, it was too heavy. Like as we as we saw before, it required two heavy haul trucks just to move it, um, and carry it and all of that. Plus, it could not ford any British bridge at all. None of the bridges would have taken the weight what? at all. You're kidding. Oh. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Wait, wait. Missing did they make these in Britain? Yep. But hold on, Ooh. the British had this requirement that all their tanks had to be able to fit on their, you know, in their railway tunnels, right? So yep. they just say, uh, "Screw that for this." I thought. Well, I mean, it did fit on a uh, um, a tank trailer, so I guess it was fine. This thing's a bit wide, don't you think, with some of these tunnels? Um, yeah. The, the tortoise goes. is actually wider than a yak tiger. Oh, oh, oh my oh. god. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, That's a wide I bitch. Can't decide. I can't decide if I'd rather be a crew member in this or in like a Sherman. It's like, on one hand, you'd probably be way more, you know, comfy in this, but... You don't well, I do this shit didn't... maintenance. I do this. You didn't even go to war. <laughs> yeah, straight up. And if you did, you'd be really protected. And yeah, yeah facts. Be, you'd be the crown jewel. Hmm. Um. However, because of this uh, weight, the tortoise is tested by the British Army of the Rhine, the B A O R. It was not only used in gunnery and crossing trials, it was actually, it was also used to test the strength of local bridges to see if they'll hold up the weight of future allied heavy tanks. Oh my god. <laughs> so it's like, hey, drive this look at tank it. over the bridge for me. Yeah, see if it, see if it holds. Oh, you Nigel, to the can you go seat. drive across this bridge for me? Yeah, thanks. Um, I'm gonna go stand behind you. <laughs> <laughs> so, once the trials were over, the tortoise project was just was just abandoned. It was gone. Uh, Good. Primarily because the era of the separate tank was over. Um, assault infantry cruiser tanks would be replaced with the Universal or MBT main battle tank. Primarily in Britain's case at this point was the Centurion. Um, this this way of thinking also share, um, got rid of the A forty three Black Prince. Um, project as well because it wasn't needed anymore now there are two surviving tortoises and I've seen one of them in real life in Bovington it's really fucking, yep it's amazing it's massive and it's really cool so that one there is in perfect running order um, wow and there is footage that of is it some crazy yeah 
so they did i think in 2012 they brought it out to run around at tank fest so increasing all 200 degrees points yep <laughs> just curious when you saw it in person did you ever imagine that like how many years later you'd be talking about it on a marginally successful podcast no i only ever i only ever saw myself talking about it to a very bored girlfriend that's understandable yeah that, that's as far we as can i thought be your girlfriends. <laughs> so yeah so there's one so there's one at bovington the other one is found at the kirk kirk cud bright military training area which is in scotland i guarantee i didn't pronounce that right but i don't care um it's a scot who cares yeah Yeah, fuck scotland yeah for real I'm part Scottish, so... No, no, no. Not a safe space for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get out of here. That's fine. I'm fine. That's all good. Um, so the second one is on Military of Defense property, and it's in a designated site of special scientific interest, whatever that means. It's um, a hunk of metal. It's yeah. me with the calculus textbook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so... At the moment, they can't recover it um, because the designation of the area. Uh, it's. Uh, I'm just reading a head a um, quote here. It says this designation complicates the recovery due to concerns about damage to the surrounding area in a special scientific interest area. Huh. Yeah, I wonder Damn what that is. Half Life Three there. <laughs> Chernobyl Part Two. Mm. but that was the fates the other ones so there was uh, six built two are still around one of them is in a museum the other one is in some shady bloody field the others were used as target practice basically just scrapped which is very very unfortunate at least they kept a couple of them yeah true yeah jack hey callum yeah uh what about the uh the sister of this tank, the T ninety five. There was only one T ninety five made. It was a prototype again, and the Americans lost it in a oh. field. Yeah. Yes, so they lost the it that, in a bush. For twenty years. The one that everybody's years. seen the picture of, right? Yeah. Yes, the the super heavy assault tank the Americans built. And lost for how for, <laughs> was it twenty eight years? Twenty eight years, yeah. Uh, how the fuck do you champion. lose a tank? Oh, quite Especially easily. Especially this tank, though. Yeah, and um, well, it was just it was just in a bush. It was in a bush in a field, and no one thought to look in the bloody bush. realistic. It's realistic. Yeah. Was that Ezra? I said it's like not even in the bush. It's just like barely behind it. Yeah, it's not even covering most of it. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay, <laughs> where was the asshole who think. drove it there? <laughs> Some of you are like, no, I'm not telling. <laughs> so you have to go find it. <laughs> yeah, no, it was some Ukrainian farmer. <laughs> but yeah, so. We go to the next slide. There's only Ooh. one. So this is 
models of the A39, there is only one 35th scale that I can find, and that's from Ming. I'm buying it. Uh, of course. I want it so much. I know. I just want to see the kit. cast texture. Mm. Oh, the cast texture. Mm. Yeah. Well, the whole thing's cast. Oh. So if we look at the bottom left, so someone's done the uh, tortoise, and they've also done a Jag Tiger, and you can see the difference in uh -huh. size. Jesus. Oh God. That thing is wide. Thick. Yeah. It's thick. Is it ready Long for a beatdown? Behind the, uh, the rear end of this tank. <laughs> Negative, Ghost Rider. I'm right there with you. <laughs> hmm. Otherwise, all the others I can find are mainly resin printed. So the top right, that's a resin printed one. Now, I think well, that one's I'm doing tonight. That one's seventy second scale. Huh. But yeah, so there's not not a lot of modeling subjects on the uh, tortoise, which is a shame, you know. At least there's something on it, though. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Meng isn't like a bad kit manufacturer. I mean, nothing's probably a joy to build. Oh yeah, that's, that's, that's a pretty true. good one. Yeah, they're cornering the market right here. Hmm. But yeah, that is the A thirty nine tortoise. Thank you, you guys. Fun. Good stuff, yeah, dude. Thank you, Callum. What? Thank you. For the very nice presentation. I think we all learned something today. Yes. We sure did. Bitch is thick. Bitches <laughs> <laughs> <just> be trifling. <laughs> well, we have. Oh, God, I can't even keep a straight face. We have a segment on this podcast called The Hill to Die on, where. Uh, one of us comes on with a really bad, bad take, <clears throat> and he gets crucified for it. Ezra, <clears throat> Ezra, and he will do. <laughs> oh, oh, you're dying today, boy. We're ready for this one. Take it away. Um, as you can see, here are some compiled, very interesting pictures showing wurraboos uh. in their natural environment, as seen on the middle with this. I don't even fucking know how to describe it. Fuck. But I I'm at a loss of words here. Someone else do this. Ezra, please describe what a wearaboo is for our listeners. Um, it is pretty much some someone that is completely obsessed with you know they they just have an ex an exaggerated view of Germany's accomplishments or like conduct before and during World War Two is I they stand um, German armor basically yes uh, do you guys have a Panzer model I can build exactly <laughs> your or yeah were they busy wishing some like hot anime. SS girls giving them a hand job or something, you know. Basically, oh, yeah, the picture I just sent to the podcast planning would summarize your typical wearaboo. Yes. <laughs> yes, correct. correct. Here, I'm you have to add it. that to the slide. 
Yep. Yeah. No, 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 right that's now. going to get canceled. Don't do that. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> join the Discord. Join the Discord. Yeah, join the Discord. See the exclusives. Discord only. You're really saying that the furries on the tank won't get us canceled? No, 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 no. There's a reason why this is going to be your last podcast. But no, just the moral of the story is don't be a weraboo. Um. Don't build panthers. Hey, Excessive. yeah, Jack. Yeah, Jack. Why oh, you yeah, Jack. Panther, you're huh? fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Well, we've got conflicting opinions here. Come on, fight it out. Yeah. Okay, but... okay fine, fine, fine. Don't build tigers. Okay. But what That's if I want to build a tiger, Ezra? Yeah, Ezra Roth. I want to build a tiger. Well, then you'll be labeled as a weirboo in front of the entire modeling community. This is impossible, Ezra. I literally have like Canadian nationalism as a central component of every single diorama I make. How could I be a weirboo? Yeah, there's Canadian, Canadian flam there. Oh, sorry, that's right, Dennis. You, that's right, Dennis. You're a maple boo. Yes. Oh, yeah. A maple boo. Yes. <laughs> I'm a maple boo, and I'm proud of it. maple boo. Yeah, fuck realism, Canadian tiger. Actually, oh that is not as uh, far-fetched as it might exactly. seem, because there was a Canadian captured panther. Oh, Wasn't yeah. there also a Canadian captured Nashorn? There was a Canadian captured Nashorn, panther, uh, there was a whole, like, basically, quite a few tanks were captured by the Canadians, and some of them were put back into service. That's a That's a great move right there. Wait, you does know, that make the Canadians wearaboos because we were putting Panthers in the service? Uh, well, yeah. the Americans did the same thing during the Battle of the Bulge. Have you seen the uh, like the Stug 3s they'd capture and then put a whole lot of concrete armor on them? Oh, that is true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but Stugs are different, okay? Stugs are cool. That's mm. the Queen Wehrmacht myth. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ezra's low-key a wearaboo. I think he's just hiding it from us. Well, he's already Dude, come out of the closet. A, uh, he's, he's come out of the closet once. Work. He can do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Contact fucking here. Callum. I have to be honest here. I have three Opal Blitzes in my stash. Uh, There's nothing wrong with building German armor as long as you don't do it excessively and believe the Third Reich should live on. That's whenever you are labeled a weirdo and you are crucified by every single person known to man. I, uh, I hold, have, on, hold on, Jack. I have nine unbuilt Panzer IVs in my stash. Jack, what? in your stash, wait, what percentage of your stash is German? Majority. Weirdo. No, 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 no! I swear. Straight, this... straight, straight to jail. Yep. I have. Um, a... Okay, my stash is probably. Mm, 75% German, 9 Panzer IVs, uh, 2 Panzer threes, 2 or 3 Tigers, Bruh. and two, at least 5 Stug-3s. When do you think about it, like, can you really blame most of these guys? Because I remember seeing this statistic where they broke down like the uh, subject nationality of all the 35th skill armor kits, and something like insane, like you know, over half of them were German. German yeah, and then you look at every time there's a uh, a brand new uh, model company that comes out, and the first thing they bring out will be German. 
where it would be uh, Panzer IV, Panzer III, Tiger. And everyone knows exactly yeah, what bloody company. Everyone knows exact, exactly what companies I'm talking about there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it out loud. <laughs> no, I said, I said I'm coming right at them because I built their models. I can say that. <laughs> say it. Okay. Vespid, Border, uh, and Suyata. I want to see you guys after the podcast outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think... I don't know. I can't think of much more to add to this except read our How Weirboo Are You chart that we pirated off of Google. Wait, we don't pirate well, What do you mean? I pirated off of Google because I no, made this No, there was slide. no pirating involved. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what are you talking about, Ezra? We never pirated hmm. anything. I don't. True. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. Also, uh, like, top like with the top right ship. image. What does this have to do with Werebooism? Don't mention it. Um, I couldn't find any on a Panzer, so I thought a Sherman was close enough. Because didn't the Germans use captured Shermans? Very rarely. What the fuck? Mm. But they they did. Um, I have seen photo of a Sherman, and it's got the cross the iron crosses all over it, and it did. It was knocked out by a by another Sherman, by an American. Although that must have been a total <laughs> mindfuck for the gunner. It's like hmm, we got a tank in front of us. Like it looks like one of us with crosses on it. Do I shoot? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, I remember seeing a Sherman that was captured by the Germans, then recaptured by the Canadians. <laughs> Very nice. No, but we all have to admit that yeah, that picture should be burned. Yeah, you're the one who posted it, Mon Frere. <laughs> well, you're the one who mentioned that such a thing existed. So yeah, I had to look wasn't up an invitation for you to look it up. None of us are going to mention the caption that was on that picture. Oh, no, we're, we're not going to. No, 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 no. no. Uh-uh. Join the Discord. Join the Discord. Discord. Yeah, join the Discord. Discord. It. Yeah, I'll post it in your version. Oh no! Oh jeez. It's going right now into shit posts. Okay. God damn it. <laughs> well, that was the most disturbing hill to die on we've ever done. Yep, let me click yes. away from this slide real Please quick. Please do. Works in progress. Yeah, this is much better. Ah, Please. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Um, oh, crap. It's, it's mine. Okay. Uh, crap. Um, this week has been mostly me uh, spraying Tamiya flat clear over sheets of decal paper. Because I got a big uh, order from a hobby store for my uh, stuff. Cool. Uh, I had Hell yeah, dude. Restock. Yeah. Woo. Um, support your local business. Buy all the loader decals. That's my plug. Otherwise, um, I went out late earlier this week to the uh, local hobby shop. And I picked up this uh, cute little 172 scale Aoshima uh, Japanese ground self-defense force type 60. Um, yeah, 1 to 72 scale. Um, it is really nice. It is a full interior, right down to the engine and fighting compartment and then all that. Um, it's got clear parts, length and length tracks. It's actually, like, it, it was cute, but it's, it's tiny. It's so adorable. Where yeah. did you get that? Uh, Wheels and Wings. Jack, uh, uh, if you go to Wheels and Wings, they've got a bunch of, uh, Aoshima kits there. Where? 
Um, you know, in the oh crap, oh, we did this last episode. Yeah, this is you the second time we've done this. You know, you go to the uh, the back, right? You know, you go in the armor section, and that the yeah. very back of the armored section, right beside where they have all the 16th scale uh, trumpeter kits, go mm-hmm. basically across from there. You know, the aisle, like kind of the mm-hmm. island in the center of the armor section. Yeah. On the north side of that aisle, they have a bunch of Aoshima kits. Is it like uh, kind of in that shelf area where they have that? Uh, it's like a basket and it has some metal figures in there too. Yes, exactly. It's right there. Okay, cool. I'm I'm heading or, to Toronto Thursday, so maybe I'll be able to check it out. That's awesome, man. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's nice because this kit had like clear parts and all that, so you could do you know all your stuff with that. Um, it is also not an it's not a closed top. It is actually an open top vehicle, so you can see if you've got the right angle all the interior, which nice. was really nice. Oh, I will wow. say, when I first looked at this, I was like, "This has got to be the most garbage kit I ever saw." And then I put it together, and then I was like, "Why has Ayoshima not done this in 35th scale?" And I realized it's because they have no need for 35th scale. They can do all the 35th scale detailing in a uh, 172 because uh, Japanese magic. Dude, that's awesome. Good for them. Honestly, that's really yeah. good. Yeah, we're real proud of you, Ayushima. <laughs> and then I also uh, did, like, a, in four days, I did a diorama. I know the truck is levitating. That's something I'm going to fix later. This was a taken before I had put on, down all the mud. So have no fear. The truck is not going to levitate like that on the real, like, on the finished product. But, uh, yeah. Tried out, you know, doing some new diorama techniques, making the uh, stencil for the airbrush and uh yeah nice i really like that stencil looking good basic you basically managed to get two models done in the time that i got like a fifth of one i'm not kidding when i in one night built both of these models like in in, like one five hour period jesus that's That's the experience right there you got that done and i did like a few photo etch railings (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then other than that, uh, just a shout out to the Ontario Regiment Museum here in uh, beautiful Oshawa, Ontario. I was driving by the other day and I saw they have a new M551. Um, yeah, they already have one, the M551 TTS, which they restored perfectly to full work- working order. Um, this one's probably going to be a, a newer one, uh, sorry, an older one, I should say, from Vietnam. But I think they are going to be doing a full resto on this one as well. Cool. Are they open? Very nice. Yeah, they're open all the time, Jack. They just had the uh, RCAC conference, but I think after this weekend, they should be open to the general public. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. That was what I was doing. Very nice. Ooh, so this is mine. So this, nice. this is my uh, 32nd scale Academy Sopwith Camel F1, and it's finally finished. I finally got everything done last night. That's amazing. Yeah, so Dang. it's it put up one hell of a fight. It's um, there's a reason that kit is like thirty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but um, nah, it's good to finally have it finished. Um, yeah, nah, it's looking good. You did it justice, man. Honestly, yeah, that great. That was probably the best looking, best looking World War One plane I've seen in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. That rigging yeah. is incredible. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, I did that rigging. The rigging was the last thing. I was planning on um, putting the top, the top wing on last and doing the rigging without it. But then I realized I couldn't get the struts to line up properly uh, to do the rigging without the top wing on. So I just thought, screw it, put the top wing on and then just, you know, tweezers and all of that and just trying to get the, uh, the rigging through. So I think the rigging itself took me four hours. Wow. Jesus. Yeah, about four hours to do in total. So, but yeah. Amazing. Yeah, so I'm just glad it's done. <laughs> it's done. Uh, I wouldn't mind doing another 30-second aircraft, but I'd just have to save up a lot to do it because they're expensive. Well, dude, you That's did a really good job on it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely be proud of that one. Mm, yeah, I definitely am. It's a it's a pretty good one. Yeah. Who's next? Uh, that would be me. All right. So I got quite a bit to show off today. Uh, starting on the left, got the Hobby Boss AAV that I built for a commission. Uh, as to do here on base, that uh, he's a AAV commander, and his dad is also a AAV. He actually teaches at the school. And I built him, his father, a AAV a while back, and so uh, they hit me up again, and they're like, "Hey, we liked your work before, so would you mind making another one for their son?" So uh, hmm. did that, and they'll be picking it up here in about two weeks. But that's uh. Yeah, that's the Hobby Boss AV that gave me quite the headache. It looks pretty it's good, man. How would you do yeah. the uh, water coming out the hose? So, <clears throat> the water coming out the hose, I got the clear sprue that carried all the, the clear parts. I cut a segment off, and then I shaved it down to a fine point. Then I used the exacto uh, knife, and I scraped the entire sprue to give it like not such a clear look and then mm. i glued the end onto the hose and then i got that clear resin glue you guys showed me i got that and put three different layers onto the actual av where the the sprue connects that way it gives it the appearance that it's actually hitting a like a a sloped surface and yeah cool. that's awesome that's pretty cool man. Was, that's pretty cool Appreciate it. It was fun. I had a good time with it. Um, and then on the right, I finally finished my Battle for France diorama that's been in the works for about seven months. Six and a half, seven months. Yeah. Granted, I wasn't working on it for like 90% of the time. Uh, I started this build and was way too intimidated by the paint scheme of the R35 to finish it. And then... Uh, joined the podcast group and I saw that you know just about everyone has built one so I said fuck it I'll go for it and boy am I glad I did yeah go for it you did yeah it looks good looks amazing appreciate it I'm pretty jealous how you managed to how well you did the camo because when I did mine I had no idea what the hell I was doing eh? I appreciate that hey how did you yeah, do the, the uh yeah, the infantry's nice. How did Thank you do the sidewalks in the diorama? So, uh, so the diorama base is made out of that foam, and then the actual sidewalks are made out of a different type of foam. It's like uh, one eighth of the inch thick, 
So I got two of them, glued them together, and then just got an X-Acto knife and made the the cuts cutouts like the like those lines, and then mm-hmm. glued them on. Looks good. Hmm. Appreciate it. And that's it for the first one. If you go to the next one, please. There we are. Okay. So this is what I'm currently working on. Uh, I should be moving here soon, so I've got one more big diorama to make beforehand. There's a IP mesh show in uh, the local area in San Diego coming up in June, and I plan to make a Ukraine diorama for that. Uh, top left is some of the accessories, like some laws, tracks, uh, rifles, things like that, that I've got uh, base painted. Then the top center is what I'm actually working on at the moment. It's a wooden house from Wish, believe it or not, and uh, it's going together quite well. Then the uh, the two photos on the right are of all the infantry I got from AliExpress. There's uh, nine of them, I think. Hmm. Uh, very nice detail. Got them all for about $30. Took a little bit to get here, but definitely worth the... Uh, the time it took to get here for the the quality and quantity that I received is uh, very nice. And then uh, that big old green base is the what's the diorama currently is standing as. Uh, it's got a T72 that I'll be working on later on. It's going to be sitting on that road. And there's going to be a tree with some fallen leaves. And somewhere will be the house once it's finished. Nice. Yeah, I remember... Nice. Uh, Greg and I, we were uh, on Google Earth trying to look at actual like street views of places in Ukraine to figure out where the house should be. Yes. <laughs> yes, that was a good time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's that. That's awesome, man. Appreciate it. Oh, is that me? Yeah. Uh, so this is just a couple pictures on the progress I've made with my turpets. Just more photo etch. It's relentless. It just, it never ends. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's what I've been doing on this. Not, not, nothing too exciting. Just a lot of photo etch. Yeah. Blessed be Brother Jack for enduring the photo etch in the, uh, the shipbuilding for us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you get the patience. Honestly. You know, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least you recognize that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jack, is this going to be the case where you do one ship and then you just can't do any more after that? Yeah. Well, I did uh, I did a 196 scale USS Constitution like a year or two ago. Uh, so I guess I'll probably be doing ships on like a bi-yearly basis. You know what? That's fair. That is fair. It'll probably, well, now I've got a deadline for this one, or relative deadline, like August for the artillery thing. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, so that's what I've been working on very nice lovely yeah Looking good it's always good to see those ship updates from you dude mm-hmm. oh yeah i'll try to get some done so i can always have something to send 
Hell yeah. And then next is a bit of a different project because building photo etch rails over and over and over again gets repetitive. Uh, <laughs> this is this is actually a uh, one one scale uh, PO8 Luger prop gun that hmm. uh, friend of Dennis. I got him to print it for me. Uh, Dennis, you want to tell the story about this? Okay. Yeah. So. Um... First of all, before I even tell the story, shout out to uh, Jesse and uh, his business, uh, Sika FPV. Um, I, I, yeah, I work with him, but I, I don't even know if he's going to hear this or not. But yeah, otherwise, uh, dude, you're a legend. Um, so basically, I got this message from Jack. How many days ago was this now? Uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, a couple weeks, I'd say. He was like, can you print this uh, file for me with your resin printer? And I thought at first, yeah, why not? Because I didn't realize how big the Luger is. So I go to actually print it, and I realize no matter how I chop this file into different pieces, I won't be able to like print it. Like my printer just is not that big. So uh, yeah. Anyways, I I, I told uh, Jack to contact my buddy Jesse at work, and uh, he came in clutch. Yeah, he's able to get that all squared away from, and it's looking in great, like two days, great, mind you. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So that thing's looking great. I know it's it's pretty pretty sweet. Uh, I've just been uh, painting this because, well, you know, building uh, const like I've just been building for a lot of months. I haven't done weathering in a long time, and I thought I needed a break, and I thought I needed something to paint, and this uh, is one of the perfect things. Dude, I thought that top view was a real Luger for a minute. Yeah, honestly, you told me. It's yeah. Well, I tried my best to uh, clean it up as best I can, but um, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, sure. Oh, and here is my AFV Club One Thirty Fifth Scale Shock Heldalette. I just recently got my stowage for, and just have been. Busy putting it on and base coating it. Uh, note there's still a shit ton to do. But you can see my general idea of where it's going. Um, you say there's a shit ton to do, but I would look at that and be like, damn, that is a beautiful, completed model. Yeah, that looks <laughs> finished. You. Thank you. I still need to finish uh, while painting that stove. That stove is still in the resin color. Uh... I need to apply some dust to the lower hull, some more grease. Finish. Oh, add a tie down to one of the to one of the uh, pieces of stowage. Repaint the rubble. Yeah, and a bunch more. But it's getting close. I really like the tie down antennas I did though. Yes, oh, those, those are, are nice. Yeah, thank you. And the air recognition tarp, I sculpted myself. What'd you sculpt it out of? Just out of some milliput I had. Nice. Yeah. Good old air panel, dude. Beautiful. Thank you. That's the only part of the stowage that's completely painted. It's gorgeous. I was working on adding some of the wires to the uh, 50 cal in the front. They go into the commander's cupola. But yeah, I'm 
pretty stoked without looking. Oh, a uh, question for you, Ezra, about yes. the 50 cal. So, you drilled out your barrel, correct? Of course. Of course. How about the front sight? I think Did you drill out? out. Okay, because one thing I, I, I've like, I don't know why I started doing it, but you know the front uh, like ring sight? Yes. If I don't drill it out now, I will always see that as one like tiny detail. Mm. So, uh, tiny pin vice, right? Just right. go there, drill it out, then take an exacto knife and kind of round it out. Trust yeah. me, dude, it adds so much, even more than the uh, barrel being drilled out. I bet. Yeah. I know I drilled out the, uh, I think it's a 30 cal coax in the front. Yeah. But yeah, in the end, I'm going to cover it in shell casings. Oh, that'll be nice. Where are you getting your shell casings from? Uh, from Sprue Brothers. Okay. Yeah, and I'll try to 3D print the actual uh, the links for the 50 cal. Oh, that would be neat. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a uh, pro tip from the Mike Machines podcast. When you're doing a 50 cal, drill everything out because you can yes. see it and it does make a difference. Oh, and I'm also going to add some uh, some like big metal bolts to the inside of it. So it just has a really hefty feel. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and also so it'll sit on its suspension a bit flatter. Nice. Yeah. This is why Ezra should be sponsored. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to we mention that every episode. Yep. Please sponsor me, Ammo. Promotion. Don't, just don't disregard my resume. Yeah, you, you're on this successful podcast and everything yes i at least deserve a shot <laughs> actually you know just give us all sponsorships yeah exactly oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah just sponsor the podcast be fine yeah MMG just buy give us money ammo you won't regret it yes <laughs> we won't even need a patreon for you if... yeah we won't even need a patreon if we're sponsored by ammo yeah Fucks. Well, that's looking awesome, man. Thank you. We got some news. Send it. Well, Ezra, you want to um, do this or you want me to do it? Uh, I can do it. Everyone, please join our artillery group build we have running from May 1st to August 1st. You can find a link in our Instagram and I'll probably force Dennis to post it everywhere else. I'll, I'll drop a link everywhere else. Thank yep. you. And yeah, join our Discord server, chat with us, post your work in progress picks, and you will get awarded a, uh, a little role in the server saying you participated. And uh, yeah. why, don't you, why don't you tell us some of the rules of this group build? Like what can you build? What's, what doesn't count? I... I can do that since I actually wrote them. So basically, yeah. um, this is focusing on proper artillery. So um, the idea here is that any sort of static artillery piece, like you know an M777 or whatever, uh, that's absolutely fair game. Mortars, anything like that, any scale, absolutely fine. Um, also, self-propelled artillery. So say um, a Wespa, you know, or a Hummel, that's completely fair game. Um, even something like an archer is technically fair game because it was operated by Royal Artillery. Um, what wouldn't be considered fair game is something like, say, a tank 
you know, firing indirectly. So like a Panther wouldn't count even if it is firing indirectly, but yeah, basically anything like that, even, um, command, you know, artillery command and control vehicles, those are fair game as well. But yeah, you know, it's nice. That's basically the idea. Um, no more than 25% done uh, by the beginning of the group build, which is on May 1st. And, uh, yeah, we hope that you can, uh, show us what you've been doing and yeah we can have some cool artillery am i correct in assuming that say like a medieval siege catapult absolutely valid absolutely valid if someone wants to do catapult or trebuchet they will get a very special badge valid whatever the trebuchet he is doing it (laughs) can't wait to see that it's beautiful what else is everyone doing um, I am building a one one hundred scale bishop with a limber. Ooh, nice! I will be. be I will be doing the building the Japanese Type One Honi self-propelled gun. Ooh, yeah, just sweet. Because I was looking at building the M seven Priest, but trying to find one online and the cost and then i realized hang on i've already got an spg sitting at home so <laughs> yeah i'm gonna do that one nice that's very nice good too nice box art yeah. mm, the box art's pretty cool on this one i will be doing a uh, 1 to 72 scale japanese ground self-defense force uh, type 12 surface to ship missile launcher it's basically an 8 by 8 uh you know hauler truck with something that looks oddly like a patriot missile on it Ooh. Ooh, that's yeah, gonna that'll be, cool. be interesting. I, I do. I have decided that I like Aoshima now. <laughs> <laughs> Would it be acceptable to build a? Uh, this is a bit of a stretch here, but you could just build a wreck of what was that? That Russian cruiser, the Moskva. Yes, because it got <laughs> shot uh, by Neptune. Which well, wouldn't it be, make more sense to do the uh, Neptune? Ezra, I'm pretty sure you can 3D print them now. Yeah, but you you want to have them think a little bit. You're like, why is this diorama just calm yeah, C? Yeah, okay, yeah. If you <laughs> somehow make it so like it ties back to artillery like that, I suppose it could be tangentially allowed in the uh, group build. Boom! I know what my second build is. Yeah, make that your second build. Like, get get a get a proper definite yep, one. Yeah, I'm going to be doing my bishop with old diorama. That's going to be awesome. Greg, you got any ideas for it? Uh, yes, I actually threw mine on the next slide. Awesome. Very nice. Kaboom, 25% done, waiting for uh, tomorrow. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> uh, this is the really... Oh, God, the brand is Atlantis, and everyone knows how shitty they are. Ooh. But uh, I'm going to try to bring some life to this 8-inch long tom howitzer gun uh 1 to 48 scale gonna be making it on the island of okinawa during world war ii uh basically left hand photo is uh the diorama bases it's gonna be like a little rock face up on the right with the road there's a in the bottom right there's a picture with a bunch of grass that is actually fish tank grass it's about Hmm. an inch and a half two inches tall i'm gonna be using that as the long grass for the diorama so that'll be all over the place. There'll be a muddy road, and the spot where the artillery gun's at 
will be uh, some of that long grass, uh, like uh, flattened out with mud. <clears throat> that way, uh, you know, it shows that the gun's been there for about a day or two. It's been engaging, uh, going at it and whatnot. And I've also got a Bandai 1 to 48 scale US uh, artillery crew coming in the mail, which I got the last one from Amazon. It's a, apparently a super rare kit. So, pretty excited to try my hand at 1 to 48 scale. You mean you're not going to use the figures provided by Atlantis? Dude, I'll be honest with you, I tried. I really did. <laughs> they do not flow. Like, I, I can work with the shitty molding gummy bear wannabes, right? They just did not flow at all. I, it just, it was so bad. They didn't fit anywhere on the, on the fucking gun. Like, even the dude with the wrench. Like, there was no spot where he would actually make sense. So He just bangs the gun with the wrench. That's uh, pretty much what it looked like. Like, <laughs> other than the figures, how did you find the kit? Because it looks pretty decent in these photos you've posted. Thank you. Uh, so I found the like where I actually found it. Like, like got it from. Yeah, like, I mean, how, like how how did you, you find it? What was the quality like? Oh, uh, it was good actually. Uh, I built the Atlantis uh, Persian one forty eight scale along actually September first. There, my son was born, and dude, it was horrible. <laughs> it was so bad. The Pershing, this kit compared to the Pershing, is like ten times better. Uh, there's a little bit of flashing. Um, I had to make the ends on the, so you see where the the gun kind of V's those stabilizers keeping it in place. Yeah. The end pieces where it kind of tees off. I had to custom make those out of pieces with the kit, because. Uh, the kit itself is made to be looking like it's being towed. Uh, so there's the pieces that would actually come out were f supposed to be folded in onto the trailer. Hmm. Uh, now, granted, it would have looked great being towed. I just don't have a vehicle to tow it, and I'm not going to spend money on a vehicle to tow it. Uh, so besides a little bit of flash, some... Uh, custom working with my little exacto knife. It was uh, actually a very fun build. Huh. Very nice. And then, the, of course, the figures are gummy bears, as we all know. Yes. Oh yeah, and I'm doing my turpits. I kind of, I kind of spoiled it earlier. But... <laughs> <laughs> you have to, you know, put a lot of. Uh effort into just like one specific turret yeah exactly or well, that, just like that's the funny thing was well, like the funny thing jack it was like it's supposed to be 20 not more than 25 percent done before the first of may and you would you reckon you're not 25 percent there <laughs> i'm getting there <laughs> i don't even are you even 25 percent of the way through the photo witch <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> it's been I'd seven like years 30. and it's only 30%. <laughs> I'd say 30%, to be honest. Oh, well, that's, that's no four good, is it? Of good. Yeah. We're getting there. Yeah, so this slide's just showing the kit that I'm going to be making. So, so this is the Tamiya one. And I'm going to be doing this one as it's been as if it's in a sort of uh, sandbagged uh, bunker so it's been used as a static position 
Well, and not sure if I'll use the figures or not. Hmm. But yeah. Have you thought about... So it comes with all those figures shown, right? Or just a crew? Uh, with the figures in the foreground, yeah. Oh, that... Mm. I'll get back to you later. He's going to give her an offer he can't refuse. <laughs> well, I was, was going to say, he's like, oh, I could probably uh, like send them to you, Craig. Send them to you, Greg, but they're uh, 35th, not 48. Otherwise, oh, you could have put right. them in your uh, hiding in the grass in your long tom. Those would actually be perfect. And yeah, that would be awesome. Too bad. <laughs> that's okay. But yeah, so that's, gonna, so that's my group build. Sweet. Good and stuff. Two more slides. Oh yeah, yeah. Meme well, of the we're week. gonna do a new segment starting this week called Meme of the Week. Feast your eyes. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. I think so for for the uh, for the audio listeners, why don't you describe what the meme is? Yes. Greg, you're up. Uh, I nominate Dennis. Dang. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so on on the left, right. Uh, you have a T90. <laughs> I think it's an Indian T90. I'm not sure, but whatever. Um, on the right. So you guys, uh, you, for you audio listeners, you've probably seen those uh, memes where it's like, you know, the whole circle, right? I meet somebody, you know, we, we get to like each other. You know, I say something, they leave, and then the circle repeats, right? So in this, the center of the circle this time, we have the stock image off of Wikipedia for the M1A2. Um, it's very pixelated. They haven't. We haven't bought enough pixels for this meme yet, so that's why it has tusk armor. Patreon. Yes, the, oh. I, I recognize this photo. It is exactly from the Wikipedia page. So uh, the circle goes as this: I meet T90, gunner, Sabo, tank. They die a miserable death as the kinetic penetrator creates spalling and melts their faces off. And it goes to designate and then a cycle repeats. Gunner, Sabo, tank. You'd have to see it to appreciate it. So watch yes. this on YouTube. This is uh, foreshadowing for the uh, European war. Oh no! <laughs> no, this this can't possibly be because there won't be any T90s left. You're right. You're oh, right. that link page. Oh yes. Um, join the Discord. We have some cool reference photos for y'all. Yeah. Every single reference photo, mind you. Yeah. And nothing is pirated. No, nothing <laughs> is pirated. It's all uh, given to us by the grace of our Lord Can Medic. Thank you, Ken Medic. Uh, He'll be on next week's episode, by the way. Yes, Whether he, is, likes he will be on next week's episode. This yep. is a promise. Is it a promise? Yes, yes it's, it's a, a promise. promise. Okay, okay, okay. This is a promise. 100% Ken Medic will be on the next episode. I think we were kind to, to make him think he had a choice. Exactly. <laughs> the choice of illusion. Yes. <laughs> the illusion of choice. Okay, Jack, we've all been there. Oh man. <laughs> it's oh. too late for this shit. Does uh, anybody have any announcements or anything you'd like to make? 
Mm, nope. Word. If you're going to the IPMS show in San Diego in June, let me know. Hit up our hands. Oh, I have one. Send it's uh, Dennis is obviously a furry because he's the one who told me <laughs> about said furry images. Hang on. Wait a minute. damn minute. How am I the furry? You're aware of You told me about it. So I was like, obligate. I can't talk today. Fuck. I had to look it up and post a picture of it. You looked it up. You posted the picture of it. That makes you the tank furry. Yeah, I mean, Dennis, Damn, is already the, Dennis is already the fame boy. He can't be the fairy as well. Yeah, yeah, but I'm already well, gay, so I can't be the I can't be the fairy. <laughs> uh, furries are gay. Greg, same thing. Greg, I've got news for you. Yeah, you can you can shove your cat ears up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you thought um, if you thought that the Dennis uh, fame boy concept art was bad, just wait till you see what I'm making for you, Greg. Oh fuck no! Oh hell no! <laughs> We're gonna fight. We're gonna have a boxing match next episode. We're gonna oh, tear geez. this podcast apart. <laughs> We're not gonna make it to ten episodes. Oh, the tenth episode is just gonna be us screaming at each other. <laughs> it's gonna be a Jerry Springer episode. Yeah. <laughs> Well, oh, there's it. one more slide. Uh -oh. oh, no. Oh, no, jeez. Ezra, this better not be anything. Ezra. Oh, hell yeah. Oh. I know. Isn't that so cool? <sighs> I was so scared there for like a... a oh, I was too, bro. Where the fuck did at? they get Humvees? I know. They must have captured it from the Ukrainians. No, no, no. This this has to be some like cheap, crappy Chinese knockoff. Yeah. <laughs> Humvee from I'm, Wish. I'm more Zombie. interested in... I'm still. I'm more interested in the crane that's got Z. That crane is sick. The crane goes hard. <laughs> is that so they can recover all the uh, tanks <laughs> taken by the farmers? All these Russian tanks do not understand that they are in the presence of a certified forklift operator. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> I love how there's a Z painted on the actual crane part itself when there's a Z right next to it. Bro, have you seen some of those tanks they have out there? Like, there's literally Zs all over the bitch, like it's a camo pattern. It's for identification. Bro, you know what? I appreciate the fact that they acknowledge how crappy their identification skills are, that they just have to cover everything in Zs. <laughs> Dude, honestly. <laughs> honestly, all the, all the Zs are doing is just, like, justifying when I do, like, insignias and stuff on tanks, and they look bad. And I can say, well, they did it out in the field. Because I've gotten into multiple arguments with people going, no, it would still, you know, the, st the lines and stuff would still be nice and line, straight and all that. And you're just like, nope, look at the Zs. Look at what they're drawing on these one-to-one uh, -one scale. They look just yeah. as bad. Like, yeah. come on, yeah, these are painting. They weren't getting a fucking ruler out. <laughs> I mean, have you seen that? Some hey. of them were taped on. Yes. Yeah. Big brain. Then the Ukrainians, when they capture them, they could just take the tape off and start repainting. <laughs> they're being thoughtful. <laughs> Hey, that Z on the side of the Humvee looks like it was drawn on with MS Paint. <laughs> <laughs> it looks Damn. photoshopped, yeah. Ezra, you didn't just give us a photoshopped image here, did you? I don't think so. I got it off of one of Frenchie's images on uh, oh, okay, yeah. on Kitmaker. Shout out Frenchie. 
Yes. He's been providing amazing reference picks since day one of the invasion. Not. Yeah. Since birth. <laughs> Frenchie came out the womb with the kit maker account. <laughs> I don't even know how he finds all these pictures. He's over there. He's an amazing he's, place. He's there. He took that picture. Yeah, yeah bro. Yeah. He's on the front lines. I wouldn't be surprised. That's where we should be. Our commission podcast field trip. Yeah. In an Iltis. The Iltis. Yeah. Yeah. Like six fucking uh, five people. I'll just Next episode will be from Mariupol. Yes. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't you don't you remember we were gonna aim at a Russian tank, run over, ask for photos of before, and then ask for photos from after. After. Oh, yeah, right, yes. that's from right. the that's and from the episode screw- we recorded last week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, and then we're gonna scream Russian T seventy two, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I love Go on the corner with the Noble Feltzog. I love the <laughs> Oh god. Hey, you said it right. Fuck yeah, yeah Jack. Hey, we're getting better at this. No, no, there's no we in this. There's Jack in this. Jack is getting better at this. Oh. Okay. Hell yeah, it's all the railings I'm doing. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> it steadies the mind. <laughs> it's oh, to show up to the Ukraine with a bunch of Panzer Shreks and Panzer Fausts. Well, I mean, technically, there are a bunch of Panzerfausts in the Ukraine right now. That's horrible. Panzerfaust threes. Scary. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, World War Two ones. I guarantee you, if you took a fucking World War Two Panzerfaust, like maybe not one from actual World War Two, but remade to be one like a one one replica, you could probably pop a few two seventy twos with it. Oh, for sure. Doesn't take much. Fucking <laughs> Russian I, armor. You might actually have. You might be onto something there. You might be. Those are armor penetration simulators on YouTube. Yes. Yes. We need to get one of them to simulate a Panzerfaust 60 against the T-72. Yes. Dude. That would be tits. Dude, we just need to get a Molotov cocktail and just add some uh, soap shavings. The fact that you know that is quite worrying to me. Like, tank advice. Come on, it's me. Nothing I say at this point should, should surprise you. The uh, first bonus episode is going to be sent to Ukraine, where we're going to instruct them on how to destroy T seventy twos. Like they need mm-hmm. any instruction. Honestly, they're over there popping tops, no problem. Yeah, they don't need us. Usually Love we it. assemble tanks, and now we take them apart. Yeah, exactly. I think we did a podcast, guys. We did do a podcast. We did. Yeah. We did. Sure did. We didn't do we two. We didn't have any recording problems this time. Thank God. God. Holy do shit. Not yes. Do not jinx it. Shout out Zencaster. <laughs> yeah, Craig oh. Bot is definitely dead. No. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Goodbye, Craig. No one loved you. No one will love you. Craig can die in a fucking hole. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note. Aw, no one wants to say goodbye because we don't want this to end. (laughs) Yo, is that somebody's feet behind the Humphy? (laughs) 
right. I think it's I think okay. it's time we yeah. end it here before we start talking about feet. Yeah. Thank What's you, Jack. That was that was the best outro. <laughs> exactly. You did that. Don't forget to all listeners, if you want to join the group build, uh, you can message any one of us. We'll post all socials up wherever we post this atrocity. Um, and yeah, Dennis. Yep. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. If you've come to this point, it was a real pleasure getting to make this podcast for yes. you all. And uh, we hope you enjoyed listening to it. You're an amazing audience. We'll be here all week. Alrighty. Bye, everyone. Wait, one last thing. One last thing. Next this week. Recurring theme. Let, next week, if I can find a picture, I'm going to be looking up um, hot tank feet pics. Nope, nope, nope. No, 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 no,